Donald Fallon is with us for his weekly Hidden Histories. Afternoon, Donald. Good How are you? Here. Good to be here. Uh, would you jump in the Liffey for a swim? No way in hell would I do it. Well, maybe not around James's <laughs> Gate. Maybe a little Absolutely. bit further upstream in Kildare, maybe. Maybe out in Chapel Lizard. Maybe yeah, the definitely, definitely not in, a, not in the city well, centre. Well, no. it, it may not be for everyone, but every year hundreds of people do that. All of them aligned to swimming clubs, so they're not just doing it on a, a warm day, <laughs> although some people do it on a warm day too. Uh, they do just that for the Liffey swim. And this year, the iconic competition celebrates its 100th edition. The event later this summer will draw thousands of Dubliners and visitors to this the key walls. Uh, and interestingly, uh, before we talk about the Liffey swim itself, uh, Donald, Ireland's first post-independence Olympic medal has something to do with the Liffey swim. Yeah, it's a great pub quiz question, as we were saying earlier on. You know, what is Ireland's most unusual uh, Olympic medal? And I would argue it went to Jack B. Yates, mm. brilliantly talented. And, you know, far too often reduced to the brother of WB Yeats. I mean, he was yeah. the brother of William Butler Yeats, but in his own field, he was, a, he was a remarkably talented man too. And he maintained that a painter must be part of the land and of the life that he paints. And in 1924, Jack B. competes in the 1924 Olympics in Paris, where amazingly, medals were awarded in literature, music, architecture, painting and sculpture for works that were kind of inspired by sport-related teams. Okay, right. And Ireland takes a bronze medal in painting, and a silver medal, pardon me, I think we were mm. robbed, by the way, I think it was an absolutely stunning piece of work and deserved more yeah. for the Jack B. Yates painting, uh, the Liffey Swim. Yeah, you can go down and see it. I think they've got it on display in the National Gallery uh, it's, down it's, in it's Western a, it's a, a remarkable piece of work. Yeah. And anyone that hasn't seen it, if you Google the Liffey Swim, Jack B. Yates, I mean, when you look at it, you have you know participants uh, in the race, but it's the people looking at them that make the painting. And everything is there, you know, the flat caps, the packed tram with observers peering into the river. Mm. And while fashion has changed a lot since that painting by Jack, Dubliners kind of unconsciously have been remaking that image pretty much every year, you know, yeah. since since Jack painted it. We still gather uh, at the Liffey Walls to watch that great event. Yeah. Hopefully participants in the Liffey Swim don't bring their phones into the river with them or else they're going to be completely banjaxed by the time they get them out. No amount of leaving them in a bowl <laughs> of rice uh, will salvage that one. Um, the Liffey does hold... Um, it's probably fair to say it holds an important place with regards identity here and like, and it has made its own way into popular culture. Oh, we personify her. You know, we know her as Anna Livia and it's a kind of loves part of her identity and we kind of define ourselves, I suppose, by what side of it we know is home or in League of Ireland football we define ourselves by what, time of, what side of it we don't know is home yeah, yeah. You know, when, it comes, <laughs> when it comes to Bowes, Rovers and Pats. Yeah. But she's the roots of everything, you know, we know. The Dove Lynn, the place where the Liffey meets the Puddle, that is the birthplace of the city and she's in everything, you know, in, in poetry and song. The Angelus Bells or the Liffey Swells. You know, Louis McNeese, the mm. brilliant Ulster poet, he talked about the brewery tugs and the swans who made their home on it. And even Radiohead, yeah. of all people. Yeah. Uh, make I always really appreciated that one. Beautiful, isn't it? Whenever you see Radiohead perform in Ireland, there's a real moment when that line comes out, how to disappear completely. That there, that's not me. I go where I please. I walk through walls. I float down the Liffey. I'm not here. This isn't yeah, happening. Apparently he'd had a nightmare uh, on one gig <laughs> when he was overplaying the, the Point Depots it used to be and he'd had a really vivid dream afterwards but that he woke up in a cold sweat and said, right, I'm Tom York and I do depressing music so when I have a nightmare, I'll commit that to music. Brilliant, and that, brilliant. That's effectively well, I, what I always wonder where do. that came from. Yeah. But you know, none of these things would make me particularly eager to jump into the Liffey. No. And probably a more familiar piece of pop culture is Bagatelle's reference to that summer in Dublin <laughs> and the Liffey as it stank like hell. Yeah. So that's the popular conception, I suppose, among Dubliners of what the River Liffey is. Uh, presumably back in 1920, it did not stink like hell because that was the first year in which the Liffey Swim took place. It was a pretty busy time. Yeah, the first Liffey Swim was kind of, it was something of an oddity, you know, because it happened at a time when Dublin was gripped by real political violence. But even against the backdrop of a revolution, normal life does continue. You know, cinemas were still, mm. people were going to the cinema, people were going to the dance halls and the Liffey Swim was there as well, which was kind of providing uh, some escapism. And there's a lovely little anecdote about it from Alfred Burr 
Burgess, who was the brother of uh, revolutionary leader Cahill Brewer, yeah. Charlie Burgess, who changed his name, you know, to be to be a little bit more Irish. But he remembered watching the swim in its inaugural year, and he talks about how it was this great welcome distraction from the politics of the day. And he says, "Great, great story, kind of British soldiers and Irish radicals hiding from them." Both watching this thing unconsciously side by side. <laughs> he says, you know, on one occasion I was looking at the Liffey swim from the south side of the Liffey, right opposite Lawler's shop. Down under Lawler's was a lorry load of auxiliaries. And in one of the windows of Lawler's was my brother Cahill Brewer looking out the window at the Liffey swim. <laughs> so, you know, in the midst of a revolution, everyone kind of swapped to watch this great well, curiosity. Well, it might sound kind of saccharine or, or sort of corny to say, but isn't one of the glories of sport that it does unite people that way? Absolutely. And that their, their politics or that their, their allegiance or loyalty doesn't necessarily matter once they're stunned the same sideline watching the same thing um, so that was 1920 whose, whose idea was Bernard Fagan who went on to work with Dublin Corporation and one theory is that he wanted to show that it was safe to do so but he couldn't convince an awful lot of people to do it there was 27 men who contested the first race okay. a guy called JJ Kennedy won it but the idea was quickly kind of embraced by people and as the 1920s went on mm. the numbers just grew incredibly and the Irish independent newspaper you know never want to miss a beat they stuck their name on it and they called the cup the independent cup so straight away from the beginning there was a kind of corporate sponsored dimension to it mm. and it was a respected sporting event I just love this account of, of, of the, the, the Liffey Swim 1928 uh, in the Irish independent from windows and roofs the progress of the competitors was keenly watched and hundreds of people availed of lorries motor cars hackney cars vehicles of every Every description to view the swimmers. Youngsters evince no trepidation in taking up hazardous positions on the ladders leading to the river and on the parapets of bridges. Their enthusiasm was unbounded and with them the Liffey Swim is an event that is eagerly anticipated each year. They greeted the victor with wild cheers when he ascended the steps of Butt Bridge and the Gardaí had to make a passage to enable the competitors to make their way to the Tara Street Bats. So it they, just they, sounds like the brilliant spectator event of the summer. I love that image of the guards having to, to make passage to lower the competitors <laughs> off that it's like Croke Park before they started doing the presentations. Uh, Isn't it amazing? Like the these, these celebrity swimmers, yeah. you know, their way being cleared to, Getting to the Tower Street uh, More predictably, when we look at it with a 21st century lens, uh, some pondered the wisdom of swimming in the Liffey at the time and of the as, event as a whole. As early as the 1920s, people were making the point about pollution of the river. And I mean, the, the expert in the Liffey swim, CJ Smith, uh, he's written about how, you know, twice this thing came to public prominence, the deterioration of Irish rivers, the increasing incidence of pollution, the seeming indifference of official bodies and the ineffectiveness of advisory boards to the government were a time bomb waiting to explode. Pollution levels, he writes in the Liffey, would reach crisis point in 1977 when the river was declared unsafe for humans to swim wow. in. So in the late 70s, they have to move the thing upstream for a period. Yeah. They'd also done that in the 30s. There was a similar panic and they moved it from Bullwall to Dollymount Strand. So yeah, as long as people have been jumping into the River Liffey, there's been people arguing perhaps it's not the wisest thing to do too. Uh, now you mentioned some of the inaugural uh, winners. The, the race over its time has produced some heroes from some winners who were 11 years old to others who have done it yeah, for over half a century. I, I love this story. Francis Chalky White, he's 11 when he does it in 1966 and he's on the front of every newspaper in the city yeah. and then he repeats the achievement the following year. He wins it as an 11 year old and then as a 12 year old. He was the son of a Guinness brewery worker so the Guinness swimming team <laughs> and I mean you have so to So he be... was a member of the Guinness swimming club but thankfully he's a 12 year old not a participant. <laughs> Absolutely. Of, yeah. And it's okay. so Social, yeah. in the social side of the club but I mean you had to be a member of a swimming club to take part which was absolutely right it's a relatively dangerous thing to do if you yeah. can't swim especially jumping into the river so there was a skill in the swim you know and, and more than one star, stag party and I've seen this myself have discovered that the river Liffey is easier to jump into than she is to climb out of but you know <laughs> as well as young Francis Chalky White there's some other great characters I just went digging into the newspaper archives for this piece and a mm. guy called Jackie Kearney who did it in 2007 reportedly in 2007 had competed in the race 55 
five times already. I mean, that has wow. to be a record. That was the 56th race uh, uh, for Jackie Kearney. If anybody knows whether Jackie Kearney is still with us or whether he's still participating, you do let us know. Actually, we're on Twitter at Newstalk FM and at Gav Riley. I'd love to know if he's still taking part every Isn't year, that whether he's still with us. Um, now, the involvement of women these days in the Liffey Swim is now long established, but it wasn't without controversy yeah. when it started too. Is it a race for everyone? Today it is. Yeah, and last year, the numbers are quite interesting. 320 men and 219 women competed in the Liffey Swim. So it's got gender balance there, you know. And allowing women to compete the same course as men was, believe it or not, a long time running controversy. So they used to have a separate tournament for women. But it wasn't until 1991, I mean, which in the course of human history... That is, recently? That's the blink of an eye ago, you know, that's yesterday, that women were allowed to compete in the Liffey Swim. So you're uh, telling me that they proper. allowed 11-year-old boys to take part in 1966 <laughs> and they didn't allow women to take part young, for another young, 25 years? Young Chalky White could do it in 66, but if you're a woman, you have to wait until 1991. And the primary reason, as is often the case, the opposition to the involvement of women, it came from all kinds of different quarters. But Archbishop John Charles McQuaid, you know, ever reliable, you can set your watch to John Charles McQuaid yeah. when it came to women's participation in anything. He said that mixed athletics are a social abuse, outraging our rightful national tradition. So I think McQuaid had to be you know, gone before we could see women competing in the Liffey Swim on an equal basis to men, but they do today. So with men and women of all ages now uh, participating, this is an event that continues to grow yeah. and grow. And well done everyone involved, because for anything to reach 100, you know, that is a real landmark that, that warrants uh, celebration. And the numbers this year, I think, will be particularly high, probably in, well into the thousands of onlookers and hundreds of swimmers. And I think it's one of the things that makes this city unique. A lot of visitors won't believe you when you mm. tell them we jump. Otherwise, sane people, you know, one yeah. day a year, do the unimaginable and jump uh, into Anne Olivia. So it's, it's one of those great Dublin uh, traditions and long may it continue. And hopefully those who are jumping in will float down the Liffey like Tom York and not have it stinking like hell like Bagatelle <laughs> did. Uh, Donald, as ever, thanks so much for that. Donald Fallon is the author of the Come Here To Me blog and books, volumes one and two of which are in all good bookshops now. That is all we've got time for this Sunday on On The Record. A huge thank you to everyone who's listened and texted or tweeted. A huge thank you also to the producer today, Aidan McKelvey, and to Peter Malloy who was on sound. Uh, to play us out today, a musical birthday, as it often is when we play out. Born on this day in 1915 was a man named Lester William Paulsfus, who you might not know under that name, but you might know him under his more everyday name of Les Paul after whom Gibson named their legendary guitar played by all the greats over the years. One of those greats is Jimmy Page of Led Zeppelin. So let's leave you with Page and friends doing their thing on the Les Paul with Immigrant Song. Off the Ball is next. From me, Gavin Riley. enjoy the rest of your Sunday. 